Hello, Patriots. Welcome to the Pleasant Valley Patriot Podcast. I'm your host, Stu Gannon. Thanks for joining us for our second episode. We've got some new teams and clubs at PVM this year, and today we're going to meet one of them. I'm joined now by the head of the Crochet Club. I'm Jackie Benjamin. I am a sixth grade teacher at Pleasant Valley. I've been here for nine years, and I've been crocheting for over 20. If you're not familiar with crochet, you're in good company. I wasn't either, and I made the fundamental error of calling it knitting. If you want to get a bunch of small people with yarn and hooks mad at you, stop by when they're crocheting and call it knitting. I spoke to a few of those small people about Crochet Club, and you'll be hearing their commentary alongside Mrs. Benjamin's. Jackie, let's talk a little bit about the club that you've started. Um, Who can join this club? And tell us a little bit about it. Anybody fifth grade to eighth grade can join the club. We meet once a week and we work on um, the basic skills of crocheting that you need. And at the end, the last week to two weeks, we start reading patterns and trying to have a completed project that you can take home and share with your family. What kind of person do you need to be to be successful in this club? Are there certain personality traits that someone should be looking for or you'd be looking for in a member? The biggest personality trait would be don't take yourself too serious and be willing to make mistakes. You will not get everything the first try. Uh, We're five weeks in and there's still some people working on the very first stitch we learned. For me, it's just trying to figure out, like, the new stitches. Because, like, most of the time when she introduces something new, I'm like, nah, I ain't doing that. Because I'm still on the first stitch, and I don't want to do it. But be willing to try, be willing to make mistakes, be willing to not give up, and know that it's easy to start over if you do. I have never done crochet before, and it was kind of hard to learn because you have to, like, memorize, like, all the stitches, and you have to, you know, really learn something that you've never learned before. And for those of you listening, those traits, things like perseverance and growth mindset, will help you everywhere, not just when you are part of the crochet club. So what can a club member expect to get out of their time with you on Tuesdays? Uh, We start out with reviewing a stitch that we learned the week before. For some people, uh, you will be on that stitch again that week. And I luckily got a helper this time that is going around individually and working with people. Those people that are ready to move on, we tackle the next stitch and we try to do several rows of that stitch and eventually it builds into a final project which at this point we're doing a washcloth that incorporates all three stitches that they have learned over the last five weeks excellent i will be expecting a monogrammed washcloth to show up on my desk at some point (laughs) that would be it would be it'd be great for me so we've been talking about the crochet club that you started but we haven't really talked about what crochet is, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners maybe don't know. Could you tell us a little bit about it as a craft and specifically what is the difference between crochet and knitting? Both crocheting and knitting use the same type of yarn. At the beginning, I thought 
I didn't know there's a difference between knitting and crocheting. So it was really funny when I realized, oh, you only use one hook instead of two. But when you're crocheting, you have a single hook. And it's a long, basically in some cases, a stick with a curve on the end that is in the shape of a hook. And each hook is a different size and represents the size of the final product or the hole that it's going to place in the pattern. The bigger the hook, the bigger the holes will turn out. So if you've ever seen like a granny square, um, a lot of grandmothers and other people have made blankets and they're the squares that are around. Uh, those are done with different size hooks to get those different size holes. Crocheting comes out a little bit thicker than if you're knitting. When you're knitting, you're using two needles. Some have points at each end. Some knitting needles have a cable that connects them, and some are very straight. And with knitting, it comes out thinner, but it's harder to fix your mistakes if you make. Knitting tends to look more like what you can buy, the sweaters you can buy at the store where crochet gives it a little bit more character. Um, it is a little bit easier for beginning people on yarn. I, my family teases me that I haven't been able, I kept saying I didn't, couldn't knit. And just, just cause I had to find the technique that worked out best for me. But overall, the big difference between the two is the how the finished product looks and the tools you're using to make it. So when you say holes, do you mean spaces among the yarn in the weave yes. that you're making? Depending on the size hook you use, it leaves bigger or smaller spaces or bigger and smaller gaps between each of the different stitches. It just depends on your, some patterns, you need those gaps. Some patterns, you can't have any gaps at all. So you really have to figure out the best needle or hook for your project. And a lot of times the yarn will tell you the recommended size hook, but that's not always the best one for the project. Do you typically use the same hook for the whole project? Yes. For crocheting, you do. Knitting, you can switch between sizes depending on what part of the project you're on. So you just have to be sure of what your final product is going to be size-wise, and then you can choose yes. the correct hook. And a lot of times, if you're following a pattern, they will recommend a hook size. And then they get into what is called gauge, um, which is you make a sample using whatever they say, if it's a certain stitch. And it should, if you are following their pattern, the gauge should come out a certain size that they'll tell you what size it is. And it, if it doesn't come out that size, you, they tell you to either go up or down a hook size until you can reach that. So it's like, if it's supposed to be a four by four square and you follow what they said and it comes out two by two, you know, you need to have to go up a bigger hook size and try it again, or your project won't turn out the right size. So it sounds like you're adjusting based on what your particular way of crocheting yes, is. Yes, because everybody holds it different. Everybody's tension when you're holding it is a little different. And um, if you're a tight, if you hold the yarn really tight, your gauge or tension is going to come out smaller than if you 
hold it loosely or you use a bigger hook and then it comes out bigger for lack of a better term. Well, I imagine that's pretty friendly to newcomers that you don't necessarily have to be perfect, that you can adjust based on the way you do things. Yes. And that's why the project I picked for um, the class is one that it doesn't really matter what size it comes out. It's still usable. It's not like you're trying to make a sweater for yourself and it comes out a Barbie doll size. The washcloth, no matter what size it comes out, as long as you followed the pattern, you're going to have a finished product that you can use. For people new to this who are kids that might be taking your class, what kind of terminology would they need to learn that's specific to crocheting? Um, when we're in the class, I try to teach them everything they need. They don't have to have any prior knowledge coming in other than maybe knowing what yarn is. That kind of helps. When we're here, we talk about a chain, which is the basic starting of any crochet project. Then we go to the stitches. There's a one called a single stitch, a half double stitch, and then a double stitch. And we go through all of those. They're all abbreviated. Almost all patterns will have uh, those abbreviated instead of written out because it takes so much room. So we go through step by step. I give them pictures of what how to do it so they can practice at home. And we spend the entire... 40 minutes or so once I show them just working on that and trying to perfect it and go from there. And there's, like I said before, there's some that were almost at the end of six weeks. They're still working on the first stitch. Others have started their washcloth project and we're halfway done. It just depends on personal feeling and timing. You mentioned that it's helpful to know what yarn is. Now I know what yarn is. But I don't really think about yarn too much. And speaking to you before we recorded, I found out that there are different kinds of yarn and that that makes a difference in different kinds of hooks. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Um, the smallest yarn, they all have, all the yarn has numbers that go with them. The smallest yarn is either a fingering or a lace yarn. And if you've ever seen the little doilies or coasters that um, a lot of grandmas have made. Oh, yes, I have. Uh, those are normally the lace yarn. It's one of the thinnest yarns possible. Some people use embroidery floss, which is also um, kids use for making bracelets. You can knit and crochet with that too, and it will give the thin um, look and pattern. Then there's everything from there. There's the level one is sock yarn. So if you've ever had a pair of socks made for you that are really thin, that would be that yarn. And it goes up to what we've been using in Crochet Club, which is a level four, which is a medium or a worsted weight yarn. And that is the most common one you can find at almost any craft store. Walmart has it in there. That's the major stock they have. And that is what a lot of scarves and hats and headbands use that weight and then it goes I'm picturing, I'm picturing furry yarn furry, at this point is that what we're doing furry yarns a little bit bigger okay and uh that is a size five or six and it takes a bigger hook because of all the fur that's there I make what are called uh bulky stuffies they're pretty big size two some of them are two to three feet 
and I have to use what's called blanket yarn for those. And the blanket yarn is just, it's thick and it's kind of warm and fuzzy like a blanket. And that gives you that bigger, bulkier items. So if you have a really thick winter hat, that's the best way I can say it. A lot of thick winter hats will, might be made out of that type of yarn. So what kind of special tools and supplies would someone need if they were part of the crochet club? This year, we were lucky enough to have the yarn and the hooks provided. We had a budget that we were able to buy the hooks. So students were able to show up day one and receive everything they needed. If they wanted to bring their own yarn, we told them what size yarn to get. And then I was able to tell them what size hook. The hooks are also for U.S. sizes, they're alphabetized A through, I believe the biggest one is a P, and it is about the size of, I'm looking around my room trying to picture something, about the size of a whiteboard marker around. So I was able to tell those students that wanted to bring their own what size hook that they would need, and they can go to any craft store anything like that, and then what size yarn. But for the most part, the students walked in the door the first day and I was able to give them the hook and the yarn. They'll need scissors eventually for cutting the end of their project. And then a yarn or sewing thick sewing needle to what we call weave in the ends. And it's basically taking the yarn back through and hiding it so it's not hanging, your finished end isn't hanging out. So do you want to tell us who provided all the materials so we can get them a plug? This year, luckily, Mrs. Leeper was able to find money in the after-school activity budget. And so the school actually provided the crochet hooks and yarn for any student that was able to join. We did have to cap it at originally 15 students, but because some of them brought their own supplies, I was able to take up to 18 and everybody was walking out with the yarn and the hook. I also found in my own personal stash enough cotton yarn where every student that was here got a, what they call a skein, and it's just the way the yarn comes, they call them skeins, a skein of cotton yarn that they could make their washcloth with free of charge. So you guys have weekly meetings. Would you tell us a little bit about those? Every Tuesday after school for six weeks at this point, um, students come to my room if they had signed up for after school activity. And we spend from about 2.40-ish, once everybody comes in and settles, till about 3.35 uh, working on the after school activity and whatever project, whatever place they are in their comfort zone. And we are doing it for about six weeks, which will end next Tuesday. However, there is a little bit of wiggle room in the budget that Miss Sleeper gave me, and I might be able to go a couple more weeks after spring break. I like that I get to spend time with my friends and like also be learning something at the same time. I like spending time with my friends and like staying after so we can like talk and do something at the same time and like learn something new and it's really great and also before you know like there's some after school activities like basketball or soccer you know you might not feel like it because last Tuesday when we did our crocheting uh when I woke up I really didn't feel like doing it but when I started 
that afternoon, it just feels super easy. And I feel like you don't have to have that much energy because it's not like you're going to be working for an hour doing basketball. It feels like it's something you can just relax about. It feels like school, but at the same time, it's not. So you feel like, I feel like everybody changes. It feel, You feel more comfortable than just when you're in school doing math or something. What kind of projects can members expect to do when they're part of the club? The first project is just a sampler scarf or square, depending on how the students want to do it. And it will represent each of the stitches that we have been learning in group. The overall project that we started last week was a washcloth that they can use for any type of washing dishes, uh, faces. One girl asked if she could wash her dog with it whatever they want to use it because I was able to give them cotton yarn and that project incorporates everything they've learned over the five weeks so far to give them a final project that is about six by six or so. So it was a decent size washcloth that they can use over and over. And the nice thing about using yarn is just like every other towel washcloth at home, it can be thrown in the washer, pulled back out and still used it. So it's also recyclable and more, uh, for some of the students, more earth conscious because we have a lot of students that are worried about the impact. So that was another project we could offer. If we had more time, I would love to show them how to make a hat, but that might be a follow-up another year. If they've been through it one year, then the next year I can show them the next progression in a project. It sounds like you are really focusing on the fundamentals so that if a student wanted to, they could go home and replicate those with their own pattern or a pattern that they found on the internet. Correct. That is, I'm hoping to give them the confidence and the background of how to do each step so they can take it wherever they want to go. If they're done after the six weeks, at least they tried. If they want to keep going, the sky's the limit. You said something earlier about a showpiece to take home at the end of the course. That would be whatever their finished product was. If they decide to keep going on the scarf, they have enough yarn to build um, a finished sample stitch scarf. Or if they focus on the washcloth that we started in week five, by the time week five and six is done, they should be able to complete one to two washcloths with the size amount of yarn they got so they can have a finished product if they are working on it to take home and show their parents, family, friends, whoever they want to try to impress with their newfound skills. Jackie, I want to thank you for taking time to uh, meet with us and answer our questions. I know it's been a really busy week with conferences, but we appreciate you making it here. No problem. It I've said before, I'm not the most comfortable with my voice on uh, tape, but it's it's fun. It's a neat process. And I hope other people take advantage of what you have started here at Pleasant Valley. And this goes on for a long time. I hope so, too. And your voice sounds fine for the record. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay.